Father, your word brings life, brings healing and strength. And we pray tonight we would experience all of this as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a little old lady who would come out every morning on the steps of her front porch, raise her arms to the sky and shout, praise the Lord. Well, one day an atheist moved into the house next door. Over time, he became irritated at the little old lady. So every morning, he would step out onto his porch and yell after her, there is no Lord. Time passed with the two of them carrying on this way every day. Then one morning in the middle of winter, the old lady stepped onto her front porch and shouted, praise the Lord. Lord, I have no food and I'm starving, but praise you anyway. I know you will provide for me. The next morning, she stepped onto her porch and there were two huge bags of groceries sitting there. Praise the Lord, she cried out. He has provided groceries for me. The atheists jumped out of the hedges and shouted, There is no Lord. I bought those groceries. The little old lady threw her arms into the air and shouted, Praise the Lord, he has provided me with the groceries and he made the devil pay for them. <laughs> this evening I want to share a few thoughts with you on what it means or the value of praising God. Now Fraser tells me I have five minutes after which time he's going to switch off the lights. So I shall try to fit this in in five minutes. Earlier this evening, Phil read to us from Psalm 150. And I don't know if any of you counted the number of times the psalmist used the word praise in that psalm. I did, and I came up with 13. Psalm 150 is the last psalm in the Bible, and I often wonder if it was specifically composed to be the final great hallelujah of all the psalms. I use the word hallelujah here because it is the Hebrew word for praise the Lord. Hallelujah is a word which cannot be translated by one word into any other language. It is about the same in Greek, Latin, German, French, Italian, Dutch, and English. So earlier on, when we were singing hallelujah, we were singing in eight different languages. And the next time you say hallelujah, you can be speaking in any one of these languages. So from now on, Simon will be hearing a lot of hallelujahs in his in his, uh, in, during his sermons, because we will be talking in eight languages. In most of the Psalms, the writer praises the Lord for something. Psalm 9 begins, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Psalm 33 says, Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Psalm 147 says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is becoming. Just to mention a few. But listen to how Psalm 148 puts it. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, 
stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Even in Psalm 77, the psalmist was crying out to God for help because he was in distress. Yet later on in the psalm, he bursts into praise because he remembered the goodness of God. It's like the psalmist could not contain the joy and love that was felt for the Lord. He was completely wrapped up in God. And this came out in the way he praised God. My mom loves dogs. And I guess some of you here do as well. When I was at home, I was sitting on the porch one morning and my mom was standing at the gate talking to a passerby, probably sharing the testimony or trying to convert them. And I, I, I noticed a scene. She was standing at the gate and her doggies were sitting at her feet. And they were looking up at her and I suddenly realized they were totally lost in wonder. It was like they were saying, Master, we adore you. You know, we think, you, you, we think you're it. And they were just looking up at her. And I thought, this reminds me, this is the way we ought to be when we come before the Lord. It's like lost in wonder, love and praise. This was their master. And I thought I'd do a little experiment. So I got off my chair and I started to wave and call their name and shout and do all sorts of funny things to try and get their attention. But would they take their eyes off my mom? No. They were totally lost in adoration to this person who cared for them and fed them and looked after them and took them to the vet when they were ill. Many times I would wander around the garden. They never followed me anywhere. And they certainly did not obey me. But yet, when my mom was walking around the garden, they were with her all the time. They were following her. You know, she was never outside when they weren't at her side. And it just reminded me of the way that we should be when we come before God because of his greatness and because he's worthy to be praised. Psalm 150 ends with the words, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. This means everything and everyone in all of creation is to offer praise to the Lord. But does God really need our praise? Do you remember the story of the ten lepers? One of them came back and praised God. The others just went about their business. Before we can answer that question, we need to distinguish be between praise, thanksgiving, and flattery. Giving thanks is different from praising. Being grateful for something God has done for us is not the same as praising God simply for who he is in spite of our circumstances. And we, we as his children and as Christians ought to develop that attitude of praise. And when we do praise God, we're lost in wonder at who he is. Flattery is buttering up someone to get what we want. We do that with each other. 
And sometimes we think we can do that with God, but we know God cannot be bribed. C.S. Lewis writes that to understand praise, we need to begin with some examples of pure praise where no flattery is possible. Have you ever stood back and looked at the world that God has created, the beauty around us, nature? Does it ever surprise you or do you ever sit and wonder how come spring follows winter? Well, in theory, summer follows spring, which is followed by autumn and winter. Year after year, after year, after year, all the seasons follow each other. We look at, at the mountains, the beauty all around us. Doesn't that tell us about a wonderful, great God? a God who deserves all of our praise, like the psalmist. Sometimes I read the psalms and they, they, they feel like they were love letters to God because the psalmist was so in love, so engrossed, so lost in wonder who he is. I once heard an artist says, if you want to match colors up, if you want to know what goes with what, look at nature the various shades of golds and browns and greens. So the next time, ladies, you go shopping and you want to match a blouse and a skirt together, think of nature, think of the natural, God's creation. He provided such perfection for us. The next time you see a, a stunning sunset, you look up at the stars, you look at the moon, sometimes the moon is in the sky and you feel like you can almost reach up and hold it. It is so beautiful. This, these are the things that's been created by the God that we come to praise. This morning we sang that song, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all kings, above all wonders of the earth is our God. He deserves the best from us. He deserves all our praise, like the psalmist says. If you, attend, if you attend a superb concert performance, there's something wrong, as Andrew would know. If people say, oh, well, I suppose it was okay. And there you are, really overwhelmed with such a wonderful performance. Or when you see a brilliant winning goal scored in football, or even rugby, what if you hear a fellow supporter say, ah, well, that's what he's paid for? You know, it would shock you because you jump up. Yes, that person deserves to be praised for what they have done. Failing to praise is bad enough with creative things and human being performances. But missing out on the praise of God is a disaster for anyone. C.S. Lewis writes, praise is inner health made audible, which means that a person is spiritually sick if he cannot praise God. So let's look at a few examples, simple things that praise does deep down within us. First of all, praise clarifies our mind. What we praise indicates our mindset. Praising our fellow man is easy to do, and we have no problems doing that. But when it comes to praising God, 
we sometimes struggle. There's nothing wrong with us praising a great performance. Our own children, we burst into rapturous applause to show our approval when an amazing goal is scored or a musician plays a beautiful piece of music. I've been having visions of this from the time I learned that Trinidad and Tobago will be playing England at the World Cup because I just long for that moment when we will be scoring. And I shall be jumping for joy, yes, if it does happen. But if our praise of human performances not balanced by the supreme praise of God, who after all created them and their abilities, then our minor praise quickly takes our life off center. I sometimes wonder if praise is the missing jewel in our churches today. Praise teaches us how to thank God for his love and mercy directed our way. When I was at home in December, I visited my sister's churches and I felt very English as I sat in the congregation because everybody was dancing, their feet wouldn't sit still, their hands were on the air, they were dancing up the aisle and when came the offering time, I was sitting there waiting for this bag to come round and no, they were dancing up the aisles to present their gifts to the Lord and it was such a joyous time of praise and I sat there and I think, yes, I've become very English because I looked very quiet and subdued. The praise of God sweetens our heart. Have you noticed that people whose hearts are full of praise have a serene peace and beauty in all they do? People who cannot praise become sour and grumpy. They complain about the simplest things that go wrong. If this describes any of us, we should try a praise diet for a few weeks and see what happens. If our heart is filled with praise and love for God, there'll be something about our life that others will notice. Sometimes we do praise God, but not wholeheartedly. We're often distracted by the cares of the world. Sometimes we come to church and we, we suddenly you know, start thinking about dinner. You know, is it going to be ready? And uh, we're going to have to, you know, peel the potatoes and the carrots when we get home. And, you know, and, and these, the cares of the world keep taking over, dividing our attention. God deserves our undivided attention when we come before him to praise. In Psalm 9, David says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart, do we do that? Do we praise God with our whole heart, all of it? Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, praise the Lord. When you're driving to work in your car, praise the Lord. When you're playing sports, praise the Lord. There's nothing to stop us praising the Lord. Thirdly, praise increases our faith. Praise provides us with an opportunity to view difficulties from God's perspective. When adversity comes, we do one of two things. We feel overwhelmed and want to quit. 
or we seek a way to fight against a threat. If our faith fails, praise is the direct route to re-establish our faith in God. Do you remember when, Jer when Nehemiah was under serious threat from the enemy? He instructed his people with these words of hope. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Refuse to be swept away by what seems to be impossible situations. David was not. Jesus certainly was not, nor was, were his disciples. Paul and Silas were not. Locked away in a Roman prison, they lifted up their voices to God in songs of praise. And we know the outcome. What happens when we praise during adversity? God does not need our praise, but yet to our astonishment, he delights in it. He loves us. And like a loving parent, he wants the best for us. He knows that with our praise, we will be inadequate, miserable people. To satisfy the longings of his heart, we've been studying a few weeks ago, we were made by God, for God, for his pleasure. God tries to encourage us to praise him. He never gets tired of our praise, you know. The praise chorus, we exalt thee, took on a whole new meaning when a mother heard her three-year-old daughter singing her version, we exhaust thee, we exhaust thee, O Lord. We do not have to be in church to praise God. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning before you can praise God. We can praise God anywhere. Nor should we limit our praise to to times of victory. In Psalm 63, we read, David praised God in the wilderness when he was going through a very difficult time in his life. We could praise our hurts away. Do you know, I find that's the best time to praise, when I feel alone, confused, disillusioned, troubled, unhappy. And I really feel down, hope, I feel there's no hope. Nothing is going right. I had to get my guitar out, I put a praise tape on, and I start singing away. And before long, the whole atmosphere changes. Earlier we sang one of my favorite hymns, hymns to God be the glory. What a great hymn of praise to God. Andrew can tell us who wrote that hymn. No? Fanny Crosby. She also wrote hymns like Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, and All the Way My Savior Leads Me. It tells about how Jesus leads us through the difficult times in our life. In fact, there are many hymns in our hymnal written by that person. When Fanny was six years old, she had an eye infection. Her regular doctor was out of town, and a man posing to be a doctor gave her the wrong treatment. Within a few days, she was blind. Fanny Crosby was never bitter, and she never felt sorry for herself. 
When she was only eight years old, she wrote this poem, Oh, what a happy child I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot and I won't. Instead of being bitter and feeling sorry for herself, Fanny used the gifts that God had given her to write over 8,000 hymns and poems to praise and glorify God. God didn't heal her blindness. Perhaps if God had healed her, she might never have written all those beautiful hymns and the world would never have heard of her. She used the tragedy of her blindness to glorify God. There is power in praise. Prayer will knock it down. Prayer will knock down our problems, but it will not knock it out. Praise will. Earlier on this year, I was struggling a lot with the fact that my operation hadn't gone well. And I was frustrated. I thought this was it. And I was going over and over in my mind, all the prayer that went up to heaven, all so many things. And I was thinking, well, God, why didn't you heal me? How? What's next? And I was really wrapped up in that. You know what Simon was saying this morning about we get wrapped up in temptation, what happens? We keep focusing on it and it takes over. And this is what was happening with me. And one morning I remembered my sister had lent me a book that said Pray, prayer will knock it down, but praise will knock it out. And I began reading that book. And driving one morning to church, I thought, okay, so I'm not healed. And I prayed a prayer, Lord, heal me. But if you don't, it's okay, because I'll still praise you. I almost felt like the three Hebrews, Hebrew boys, but if not, or like Job, though you slay me, still I will praise you because of who you are, not because what of, of what I expect you to do in my life. And you know, a miracle happened because all of a sudden new hope came into my, my life. And I thought, so what? God is in charge of my life. And I will not leave this earth until he says so. But praise. I praised and I sang all the way to church. And my whole attitude changed from that day. And it's amazing because, you know, people can see that. But you're always so happy. You're always smiling because of, of, of the Lord. Because of praising. Praising him in spite of circumstances. Praising the hurts away. Someone once asked me, how come when you're in church, you know, your hands up in the air and you, your feet never stand still? I said, how can I do that? I'm worried. I, I, I would like to do that, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bothered by what people will think and what the person will say next, you know, standing next to me. And I said, well, as a simple answer, sit on the front row of the church. It's hard to become distracted by others when we're praising God on the front pew. And you know, I raised my hands 
when I'm praising God. There's an audience of one. And when I put my hands up, I'm raising my spiritual antenna. These are my antennas. And I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying to connect with his antenna, the spiritual antenna. Because, he, because I so want to praise and I so want to do justice to the fact that I am praising such a great and wonderful God. Sometimes I think that, you know, we, we prevent, we're prevented from praise, truly praising God because we are fearful of what others might think. Some, something else that prevents us from praising the Lord is our lack of knowledge. Like every other facet of our Christian life, praise must be learned and then put into practice. When, I, when we praise, I believe things happen. Things change so quickly. The atmosphere changes. Why does healing come on the wings of praise and worship? Why does human emotion undergo such transformation when praise is the person's choice? How are we to account for those things that accompany praise? When the, when the prison gates burst open, with Paul and Silas. The answer, God is at home in praise. And being at home in praise, he does what he wants to do. Praise is where God lives. How do I know this? Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou, that inhabits the praises of Israel. There is power in praise. Prayer will knock it down, but praise will knock it out. I think we should be a people of praise. It's one of the hymns we sing, one of the songs we sing. For I'm building a people of power, and I'm building a people of praise. No matter what you're going through today, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, what adversary is in your life. Be encouraged. God knows what he's doing in your life and he will restore you. But until he does, rejoice. Rejoice in him and praise his name. God bless you.